Welcome to the Elevate podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. Glenn, welcome along to the Master Builders Elevate podcast. Fantastic for you to join us today. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. And Glenn, you're the Group Manager of Customer Experience for BCITO. Can you drop that in some uh, plain language for us and tell us what your uh, involvement is with BCITO? Um, Yeah, I've been with BCITO since around 2011. I joined as an area manager up in Auckland uh, post um, the global financial crisis when uh, we had about 4,700 apprentices. Um, so I've been there, did the area manager role for about four years and then um, someone above me moved on and I I got the role of um, looking after the customer experience group. So customer experience group is everything that's um, customer facing uh, for the BCITO. We call customers because our apprentices are key customers, but also our employers are key customers. Yeah, we've got the philosophy if we're not adding value in some way to an employer's business, we perhaps shouldn't be there. Um, they've got to feel that we're adding value to to their business through whether that's through, you know, upskilling their people, helping them to reduce rework, you know, getting their their teams working uh, well. So um, that's a that's the customer experience side, and that includes our whole field team, our sales team, marketing team, our business support team, our um, our trainers, which uh, do the training of the training advisors to in the education world because. A lot of our people come from the construction world, um, so they do a second apprenticeship uh, in education once they arrive here and, and how education works within the construction environment, um, and also industry advocates. You know off the top of your head how many people across BCITO in New Zealand? There's about 460 across BCITO, and I've got 360 of them sort of uh, in the customer-facing role, so it's a very busy role. I take it you're not doing one-on-ones with all of them every week? <laughs> no, no, I've got a great uh, great team of managers that help me with that. Fantastic, good to hear. And Glenn, at a personal level, what is it about working with BCITO that kind of drew you to the organisation and keeps you there? I came to... Uh, to the BCITO from the FMCG, Fast Moving Consumer Goods World. So I was a people leader in Fonterra, basically. And um, I knew what the BCITO did, and I saw an ad there for the area manager when I was having a, a sort of not quite midlife crisis and uh, and applied. And they were just at that time, they were looking for people managers. So I got the role, and it's just been an amazing journey for me since then, sort of understanding education in the construction world. Um, what it means to help people, um, A, start their career, B, succeed in their apprenticeship, actually acknowledge experience. So we've had apprentices or people going through their qualification that were 60 years old, have been in the industry for 30 odd years and and getting recognised. So you're presenting certificates to people like that who've already contributed so much to industry. It's just fantastic, um, as well as helping to build the skill requirements for the industry. Outstanding, Glenn. Yep. And, you know, construction is such a significant part of our economic engine in New Zealand, critical to our success uh, economically, but also at a very, uh, what we call it, basic human needs level of uh, people in uh, houses that are shelter. Yeah, correct. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it's a really critical role. Um, I think where many of us would be aware of the changes that are afoot in uh, education of ITOs and politics, uh, keep booking a 
the name of the amalgamation. I wonder, would you be able to just give us an update on where that is at currently and maybe the BCITO perspective particularly on that? So the government announced the uh, reform of vocational education about three years ago, so it's nicknamed ROVE, R-O-V-E, um, and that involved um, having a look at the whole tertiary vocational education sector and, and how it was working and how could they um, aim to make it a better environment. At that time, the BCITO was an industry training organisation. We were charged with working with industry to develop skill standards and qualifications, and then we delivered them to, to industry um, in, in that space. And alongside us, the Polytechs um, sort of were in the delivery mode as well, and there's private training enterprises in amongst all that. So the government wanted to try and make the whole focus a bit more efficient and uh, the goal to be something better out the other end. So BCITO had, has a, a field team. We, we take training to the employers in the field. The Polytech system does that, but they also have the classroom base. And I think when you bring the strengths of each one together, you're going to cancel out some of the weaknesses. And I think overall we'll have a better package for industry once it's all uh, being pulled together. So at this moment in time, the BCITO's old functions of uh, working with industry to develop skill standards and qualifications has been moved to the Workforce Development Council. Um, so they now take that handle of um, dealing with a, a industry and, and working out what's required in those skill standards and um, qualifications. So a, a good chunk of BCITO staff went over to that, that space. So there's good experienced people in there. And the delivery arm of BCITO is still currently working as it was, but um, we are now officially part of Tipukanga. So as the Rove machine moves forward into Tipukanga forms, we will become further in, entrenched in that. So you could say that your BCITO person's still going to turn up still going to coach, mentor and work with yourself and your um, apprentices. Um, they'll have a different shirt on and perhaps have a different car. They'll have a bigger toolbox to help that that progression of the learner. So where literacy numeracy is required, we've got a bigger toolbox in that space where scope of work that the builder can provide is not quite perfect. We should be able to supplement that with courses at the Polytechs. For example, at the moment in Auckland, uh, where long-run roofing is a bit of a challenge, we're working with Unitech to put apprentices through a day course in long-run roofing. So we know, A, they've had some tuition, B, they've had a bit of a play of it, they've done a bit of flashings. So that sort of enforces our mind when we're assessing their capability in that space that in the future we'll be able to come in as to Pukanga in a recruitment mode uh, with the pre-trade courses, do the trade qualification and then work with employers to develop their staff into the next phase of life which could be a quantity surveyor, could be a project manager and for the larger organisations who have back office, um, Pukanga may even be able to help in the marketing um administration accountancy side of things so we'll be able to, to help businesses develop their workforce uh, in a much wider scope so that's something i'm really looking forward to, to offering master builders as a whole uh glenn great insight and i think uh these high hopes for what might come what insight could you provide us now what are our master builders members likely to be seeing that's different now what might be already getting better for them uh as we as we move towards that outcome perhaps the biggest thing they're going to be seeing now is the digital world that we've moved into in, in this interim platform called MyBCITO has been stood up and uh, we've got our learning resources on there in, in a digital format and we're constantly upgrading that and working on that but the key piece in that is a, a portal where the apprentices can upload what we call artifacts of um, evidence so it's um, pictures of work they've been doing um, on site and then commenting on how they went about that work. The important thing here is that um, an employer can 
log on to that portal and see where their apprentice is at and see exactly what skills that the apprentice needs to focus on moving forward. So what we're suggesting to employers in that space once we get them logged on is that um, once a month they sit down for half an hour or so with an apprentice and look at what they uploaded, what they've achieved. The employer has the ability to make comments in there and to say, yes, Billy did that well. And the employer can then plan forward for the next period and say, okay, you need exposure to set out. Okay, we've got a job coming up. We can let you uh, take the sharp end of the tape and the and the string line and you can do the set out for this under supervision and then we can work from there. So it, it helps um, employers understand where their apprentice is at and what needs to be done. That would be the biggest thing the employers would be um conscious of at the moment. I know some employers think that they aren't hearing from us about um, where the apprentice is at, but it's all there. All we've got to do is get them to log on. So if you can sell a um, uh, outboard motor on TradeMe, you can you can log on to YBCITO. So. I like I like that as a baseline, Dean. It's pretty, yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. And we maybe uh, also have to adapt uh, our viewpoint of apprentices using their mobile phones on, uh, on site. So before you give yeah. them a, uh, a clip over the year for having their phone out, they might actually be logging some work into the BCIGO portal. Yeah, again, there's appropriate times to have your phone. It's at Smoko, it's at lunch, it's at the end of the day. It's not uh, while you're meant to be um, working. <laughs> so yes, and, and for the learners that are coming two or three years down the track that have come out of school and their whole life has been digital. So we're in that transition between the two and a couple of years time, everything's going to be pretty much digital. Even um, if you think about the way consenting are going and inspections, it's getting more and more digital as well. So as an industry, the construction industry has to grasp this digital world and, and use it to their advantage. And I think what you said at the beginning is still fundamentally trying to uh, do the right thing by the clients, whether yes. it's the apprentice or the, or the construction uh, business owner, trying to give the or as the owner, more insight to where their apprentice is at. Because if we can uh, develop more capable apprentices, it's only going to be good for the construction company owning you know, their business. Exactly. exactly. Hope, right? So yeah. it makes a lot, of, a lot of sense. Glenn, let's turn our attention to the Apprentice of the Year, uh, a big element for master builders, and I think a pretty prestigious competition. It's uh, some pretty serious bragging rights to say you've been awarded Apprentice of the Year. Uh, but just for context, Glenn, give us a bit of insight into how BCITO is involved in Apprentice of the Year. So BCITO is one of the competition sponsors. Our role in that space, we think, is to help employers identify apprentices who um, who are perhaps that, that cream of the crop or, or need need a, a little bit of a challenge to to step up again. So for, for us, um, the competition is the highlight of the year for, for our training advisors. Um, again, bragging rights um, in the Master Builders. It's the same for us at the BCITO. The, the training advisor who has the apprentice of the year uh, as part of their uh, their database gets a, a, a mentor's mitre, so they get recognised as being a, a good mentor and, and working through it. But for us, for the apprentice, um, the reason why we think apprentices should be involved in the, the competition is it's a chance to benchmark yourself against other apprentices in your region and if you make the finals uh, nationally, um, meet other like-minded apprentices because the, the relationships that are formed in that competition are pretty long-lasting. Um, that's something that a number of the apprentices bring up. It's uh, to challenge yourself as an apprentice um, to you know to just go from within that world of the building site out to the wider world of, of, of the industry. Um, and the big one is stepping outside your comfort zone, attending the, the interviews, attending the the practical competitions at Carter's, you know, showing your skills, putting a bit of practice in with your hand tools, especially because hand tools are something that's uh, perhaps not used as much as, you know, with the nail guns and 
drop saws and battery saws and all that nowadays. So hand tools are a, a very important part of it. For me, another component there is to learn from the experience. So a lot of our apprentices in that space are probably going to be the entrepreneurs of the future. They're the next employers in the master builders um, stable. And you know, when they're in that space, they're going to have to sell themselves as a as a builder, as a entrepreneur, as a as a trusted um, member of the the, the industry, um, to clients, to architects, to everyone. So, doing the apprentice of the year, you sort of start to learn what that that's involved. So you're having to talk about yourself, talk about your talents, talk about the quality of work you're doing. So I think it's an important piece for apprentices in that space. And and of course, there's the prestige of being able to put. Uh, something about the apprentice of the year on your on your CV, eh? whether you've made you you're an entered, uh, whether you made the the regional finals or whether you made the national finals, it's all all really good um, prestige on your CV, and and I think there's an equal um, importance in the employer space uh, to have apprentices enter for for an employer. It's always a challenge to attract talent into your business. So part of your talent attraction is to say that we aim for our apprentices to enter into the the apprentice of the year. It's good for retention. Um, you know your your team work, your team culture builds around the the apprentice of the year, and therefore your your whole team you know collaborates a lot better. And then yeah, you know, there's marketing involved in that as well. A lot of a lot of builders enter the the master builders house of the year competition as part of their marketing. But there's another step about your whole team being qualified tradespeople and and the fact that you've You've bred X amount of apprentice of the year finalists or champions. Um, so it says something about your your culture and your your team's um, abilities in that space as well, which again gives your um, clients that confidence that hey, I've picked the right builder. They're going to deliver a, a, a magnificent job, and I've gone the right the steps. It's just as important, I think, the employers um, showcase their their team skills in that space as well. Yeah, good overview for us, Declan. Have you got any uh, personal stories or observations, people that have entered and maybe what you've seen, the journey they've been on as part of the Apprentice of the Year? There was a, the first female finalist up in Auckland. She was an amazing young woman who now, I believe, is running a business. Uh, she bought the, the business off her, her boss. But at the same time as she was doing her apprenticeship and entering the Apprentice of the Year, she was working at Unitech to be a construction management degree. So um, talk about multi-talented, multitasking. So meeting amazing people of like that who who have really got a plan, they're moving where they're going and succeeding. So um, it's amazing just meeting and being inspired by people in that sort of space. And then there are employers, uh, there's a particular one out of Hawke's Bay who had a number of champions. So again, just wanting to talk to these employers about their business's culture and how they develop that culture and how they, they work and develop their people. And then they talk about these Apprentice of the Year finalists that they've had move on but they're still part of that 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 firm's culture because usually they subcontract back and things like that and how that you know you look at how that's developing talent in the region for that for for the industry so it's just some amazing stories in that and of course we've had um, some amazing people with physical challenges that have um, a excelled and and winter sports and be made the finals of the the apprentice of the year competition so just overcoming some of the challenges in the yeah 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 so amazing and dane schnell was our winner of the 2022 apprentice of the year um have you personally had the opportunity to meet dane no i haven't done it yet um yeah with all that's been going on in our world um i've spent far too much time encased in a, a building in wellington uh, not getting out enough so i love 
going to the regional finals and, and having my speak, uh, speaking space and, and talking to the apprentices afterwards. It's just like the, the graduations we have. Oh, that's where I get my hit and satisfaction from is seeing that success. But great to see them succeed. Fantastic. And like all relationships, the more you put into them, the more you get out of them. And when we look at a uh, apprentice, there's an investment certainly by the business owner and, and working with them. There's likely a significant investment by the other tradesmen that are on site helping to educate and grow BCITO investing in them. And then I'm sure we also see uh, lots of support from Farnau and everything around them as well. And it's the uh, product of all of that input and, and the individual's uh, application and dedication to their craft. It's the sum of all those parts that are creating some fantastic young people for our construction industry. It's definitely, there's that old saying that it takes a village to to bring up a, a child. It's the same in the construction industry to produce a, a talented tradesman. It's it's not just their effort, it's their, their, their boss's effort, their trainer's effort, their their team's effort, and, and of course that whānau support in the background, keeping them focused because every apprentice goes through a, a few challenging times when the book works a bit much or I don't quite comprehend the the algorithms or the, the uh, Pythagoras um, and the things like that. So, you know, it's all part of that, that family that gets around them and gets them through. It's, it's the great thing about this business. It's all about people. And Glenn, many uh, people in the industry have said, hey, we want to get more female involved in, in our industry. Yep. Uh, they bring a different perspective and different skills to our industry. What are you observing in terms of more female participation and maybe what's BCI? doing to support that? Yeah, we've got a, a woman's advocate as part of our team. So she's just completed a, a what you could say, a module that's going to go onto the MyBCITO site for employers and and women in construction. Um, the, mainly for the employers is about making a safe environment for women to come on board. And, you know, construction's um, a bit of a blokey environment. It's been improving in the last years. You have to look about mental health. That used to be something, take a concrete pill, mate. But nowadays it's, yeah, with mates in construction and other 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 uh, activities, people are more open to talking about my problems and things like that. Our organisation has EAP services, and we allow apprentices and employers to access those because we observe employers under a great deal of stress as well. So um, it all all loops into that sort of scenario. It's a, it's about the people. So it's around yeah, making sure that women feel welcome on site and the culture of the organisation. Um, is accepting of, of women on site. Yeah, you, know, you get people saying, oh, they can't lift enough and all this sort of stuff. But um, if you think about occupational health and safety laws, people shouldn't be lifting much more than 20 kilos anyway. So, and with a lot of the tools and that, that are coming in site, it, it is actually um, a lot safer for them to be in that space. So the, the old, they're not strong enough is not an excuse anymore. And whilst the construction is no doubt a physical pursuit, it's actually, yes. it's a thinking, it's a thinking game, isn't it? it? Is. How you problem solve, yeah. how you figure out different ways to do things more efficiently. You uh, use a lot more of your uh, top six inches than you do your biceps. Yes, that that's for sure. And um, although it's a challenge for, for women to come in there, once they're there, the, that, that eye for detail and um, the piece that most employees talk about, the fine work and the great, great finishing skills and, and you know, all that sort of stuff is, is, is the what they bring in there. Organisational skills, a lot more organised. The goal for, for the BCITO in this space, we have um, national advisory groups and you, you sit in those and and the conversation feels like you're talking about an alien. Um, you know, women are 50% of the population and it, it's almost as if um, they're completely new to the industry they, they've been you know they make up 20 percent of the construction workforce if you consider you know quantity surveyors project managers engineers all that sort of stuff 
a lot of women are up in those higher quals and bringing them down into the trade site is 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 nothing new um but we've just got to treat them like it's normal they they're meant to be there they're part of the team it's not something that it's extraordinary um that's the place we want to end up where you're not having to to talk about you know oh wow there's a woman driving a truck or wow there's a woman um shoveling concrete it's great they're doing a great job so you so, only want so to judge uh, judge people on their yeah. uh, abilities to do good work yeah make a good contribution to the team on site and to the to the team right gender gender sexual orientation ethnicity all of it's irrelevant yep um you know when you talk about apprentices uh, we've gone from about three percent of our database uh being a female to up to about five and a half so we've almost doubled right. in that time right. and, and of course that's all down to industry um, we wouldn't have them if industry weren't employing them so it's great to see and you know there's a, a goal that we have in the bciTO to make that into the uh the, the mid double digits you know 20 percent of the workforce or something like that um you know there's a skill shortage and if you're only fishing in half the pond uh, you're not going to you know necessarily meet your requirements hey Glenn, thank you for that uh, update both uh, what's happening with BCITO uh, across the board at the highest level and also how you're supporting not only the apprentices but uh, also the business owners um, some of those tools you bring to market um, any closing comments you'd like to share with either maybe a budding apprentice or a business owner that is considering taking on apprentice yeah the business owners that are considering taking on apprentice it's definitely uh well well worth your while investing that time you know within the construction industry itself there, there is a, a passion for for training and apprenticeships because if you talk to a lot of employees they say well someone took the time to pass on their skills to me and and that's the most satisfying part of it is um, taking a a raw human and turning them into a tradesperson so a, it adds value to the business. B, you get to train them to work how you want to work within your business, to your quality standard, to your your techniques. And and B, we're alongside you, just formalising that and helping to guide the pathway and uh, and help keep the uh, apprentices motivated. And and of course, the the good old bookwork, making sure that they understand the legislation, the the calculations, and the the, the theory component that's involved in the construction. And that's not getting any less nowadays with the, the technical specifications of the industry. So um, we certainly need to focus on that space. Do not hesitate; it's well worth the effort. Thanks, Glenn. Really appreciate the update, and thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Okay, Ryan. Thank you very much. <laughs>